when Russia invaded Ukraine, the whole world was up in arms talking about how unfair it is, talking about how unjust it is, talking about how undemocratic it is. The West gathered and rallied around Ukraine. They were giving them money. They were giving them weapons. They were giving them safe passage. They were giving them media coverage until this day. The way the war in Ukraine is covered is very different from any other invasion we've ever seen. Give and take, thank you very much for helping them. But the question that we are wondering is, all the other times that the other people are invaded, where are you? Why don't you say something? Because Ukraine is not the only country that has been invaded. What is your agenda? We have been called to war. Latin America has been called upon to produce war machines, men to go to the killing fields. They're forgetting that our countries have been invaded several times by the very same people who are now talking about combating invasions. They're forgetting that for oil, Iraq was invaded, Syria and Libya. They're forgetting that the same reasons they used to defend Zelensky are those very reasons which should be deployed to defend Palestine. They forget that to meet the sustainable development goals all wars must be brought to an end. But they are helping to wage one war in particular because world powers see this suiting themselves in their gamesmanship, in their games of hunger and they are forgetting to bring an end to the other war because for these powers this, was not, this did not suit them. What is the difference between Ukraine and Palestine, I ask? Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our Conversations. My name is Indira Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys about black people, our empowerment, and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. You can connect with me on social media at Ondero Oganga on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can come over to my YouTube channel where I interview folks who are relocating from the diaspora back to the African continent because they want to restart their life in the most authentic way and reconnect with the motherland. Today, I want us to, you know, go through some of the speeches, some of the iconic moments that happen at the United Nations General Assembly. And, um, you know, I like listening to this because it gives you such a perspective of where world leaders are, what they're thinking. And um, for a long time, we, we didn't hear a lot from Latin America because just like I think African countries, they're always overlooked. Yes, they are part of the West um, and classified as global North, but, um, you know, um, they, they're second class citizens based off of how they are treated at the international stage and the challenges that they go through when western powers look at them they look at them as less than and it was very important to hear their leadership come out and speak with such vim and power and conviction and one two things that stood out for me one of the things was the fact that america is always acting as if the land that they sit on is their own land and they've forgotten that First of all, that land is not even theirs, right? They took it. They literally took it from the rightful owners. And then they've bestowed themselves the 
responsibility of being the custodians of that land and locking anybody out, fair enough. But if you're polluting the world and making it unlivable and unhabitable for other people, where do you expect them to go? If you go and burn your neighbor's house, where do you expect them to go and sleep, right? America is one of the biggest emitters. It's not a secret. About 14% of greenhouse emission comes from America. It's the second biggest emitter after China. Now, China is a whole other conversation because Xi Jinping operates in a very uh, interesting way and unique way just to him. But Americans are emitters and they are also crusaders of, of uh, climate change and all that stuff. And these two things do not go hand in hand. Because if you're an emitter and you're committed to stopping emission or you're committed to slowing down climate change, then your actions should align. And uh, the leader was talking about how America is the biggest emitter. You're warming the world. You're making other people's homes uninhabitable. And when people are migrating because their conditions in their homes have become unlivable, that is notwithstanding the fact that they also migrate for many more reasons, right? There's safety, there's security, there's a better life, there's opportunities, education. But the core of this is we're heating up the world and people's homes are becoming uninhabitable for them. And when they're moving upwards towards water, towards cooler temperatures, then you're waiting for them at the border with men on horses, with lashes, you're putting them in cages, you're separating mothers from children. And I get it that there are certain people that take advantage of immigration trends and they're not the very best of people. They're not the fine cut of the society. Some of them are criminals, some of them are terrorists. But I don't think that majority of the people that leave their homes leave because they're like, yes, we want to invade this country, we want to terrorize. No, people move out of necessity. And this leader is just calling out the fact that Americans are part of the problem. And then when people are trying to either run away from the problem because America is not trying to solve it or just seek refuge and shelter, America is waiting for them in the most inhumane way. There are tens of millions tomorrow, according to experts, by 2070. The figure will have reached three billion fleeing from their beloved homes because these homes will be uninhabitable. In my homeland, the country of beauty, Colombia, the country of an explosion of life, by 2070, only deserts will remain. The people will go to the north, no longer attracted by the mirage of wealth, but rather by something simpler, something more vital, water. Since the beginnings, the millenary beginnings of humanity, People have gone to where water is, to the north. Billions of people will defy armies and will change the earth to do this. This exodus of the peoples to the north is an exact reflection of the dimension of the failure of governments. This last year has been a time of defeat for governments, of defeat for humanity. The exodus across the borders has increased. They have set the dogs and the hounds on the immigrants. They have put people on horses to pursue them with whips in their hands, with stocks and chains. They have built prisons. So much the hatred has grown of the foreign, of the strange. 
These, parcels, these prisons have even been built at sea so that these women and men cannot tread the earth of the white people who still believe themselves to be the superior race and are nostalgic for this. And through their choices and elections, they revive the leader who said so and who killed millions as a result. Another point that stood out for me was the fact that he spoke about um, America and the Western double standard when it comes to immigrations. It's not the first time that a country has been invaded. To be honest with you, it's not. There are so many invasions, either directly or indirectly, that are happening all over the world that has the West written on it. Nobody is mad. Nobody is saying anything. Nobody is up in arms. We are all okay. And you know, the Russian diplomat Lavrov was saying, if you're having trouble sleeping because of the Ukraine-Russia situation, just assume that Russia is America and Ukraine is Africa. And you go back to sleeping as peacefully as you always do because stop pretending that you care. There are so many inventions, invasions that have happened that you didn't care about. So what is this fake care that you're expressing right now? To be honest, you really do not care. You have your own private agenda. And he talks about the fact that now we are up in arms about Ukraine, yet all the other times that it happens, nobody says anything. Literally, nobody says anything. We are all okay, or we pretend that we didn't see, or we say none of my business. But when the West have interest in something, then we are all forced to, to, to be part, you understand? And South Africa fell, South Africa was a victim because South Africa has a long-standing relationship with Russia, but South Africa also has a relationship with America. Now, you guys, if you want to fight, and this is not to minimize the impact of a war, but what does it have to do with South Africa, to be honest? South Africa can still have a great relationship with Russia while respecting the boundaries of that war and not interfering with Russia's internal affairs. And South Africa can also stand in solidarity with Ukraine and condemn the killing of children and women and displacement of people. Two things can coexist, but America was like, no, either you're with us or you're against us. You understand? And that's what the president is calling out. And he's saying, let's stop this hypocrisy because if we are going to end wars, it's everywhere. But if we are only going to pay attention to Ukraine, then don't force us to start picking sides and don't make it look like it's for a greater cause because it's not. And rather than halting this march of time and talking about how to defend life for the future, thanks to greater knowledge and expanding life to the universe, we are deciding instead to waste our time killing one another. We are not thinking about how to expand life to the stars, but rather how to end life on our own planet. We have devoted ourselves to war. We have been called to war. Latin America has been called upon to produce war machines, men to go to the killing fields. They are forgetting that our countries have been invaded several times by the very same people who are now talking about combating invasions. They are forgetting that for oil, Iraq was invaded, Syria and Libya. They are forgetting that the same reasons they used to defend Zelensky are those very reasons which should be deployed to defend Palestine.
They forget that to meet the sustainable development goals, all wars must be brought to an end. But they are helping to wage one war in particular, because world powers see this suiting themselves in their gamesmanship, in their games of hunger, and they are forgetting to bring an end to the other war, because for these powers, this, was not, this did not suit them. What is the difference between Ukraine and Palestine, I ask? Is it not time to bring an end to both wars and other wars too, and make the most of the short time we have to build paths to save life on the planet? As president of Colombia, this country of beauty, of a group of humanity, millions of workers, women and men from popular neighborhoods, indigenous people, Afro-descendants, people from the fields, workers, young people of all colors. I'm the president these people decided to elect in the majority, and I'm here to speak before you. And I propose bringing an end to this war so that we have time to save ourselves. Well, that's all I had for you in this episode of our conversations. My name is Indoro Ganga. If you did like this video, give it a thumbs up, share it with a friend. And also, I'm just so excited because I want to start trying something new on top of political coverage of Africa. I feel like there's so much more about the continent. You know, there's this thing that we say amongst us creators on the continent that there's a side of Africa that you don't see on television. Um, having watched international news growing up all i ever saw when it came to coverage of africa was poverty disease and hunger and while these things are true or were true to some extent there's so much more right there's so much more to the african continent there's so much more about people you know people just say africans from where eswatini lesotho you know um are they from Guinea? Are they from Mozambique? Are they from Madagascar? Are they from Morocco? Are they from Cape Verde, Sao Tome and Principe? Are they from Comoros? You know, the continent is so diverse and so vibrant. And so it's in the works. It's in the works. But I want us to start getting excited together because very soon I'll start showcasing different parts of the continent in terms of food, in terms of people, in terms of places. And I would like you to come along with me. So I'll be giving you more details as we go, but I'm very excited about it. And let me know if you're excited about it. So comment down below in the comment section. I'll see you again next time. My name is Ondero Ganga. Connect with me on social media at Ondero Ganga on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter because I post snippets of my life on the continent there and also snippets of travel there. See you again next time.